0: have you ever looked up the difference between sympathy apathy and empathy okay so here's a short definition of each empathy is having the ability to understand what another person experiences from their point of view okay you can you can understand their situation you you understand what's going on you're grasping the facts it could even extend to feeling the emotions that are related with with that you feel angry with them or you feel um, hurt with them or whatever <clears throat> sympathy is when someone shares feelings of sadness for another person's misfortune okay I think it can go both ways I think you can have s- Sympathy for for any emotion that that person might be experiencing. Um, But sadness, okay? Apathy is a complete lack of feeling or concern for something or someone. It's not malicious or angry, it's rather just indifference. So notice that you can have empathy and apathy at the same time. You can understand the gravity of the situation, you can understand all the facts, you can understand what they're going through, but you can feel completely indifferent about it. You can't have apathy and sympathy coexisting. And today in Romans 12 verse 15, I think that this is what Paul is referring to. Joyful sympathy and sorrowful sympathy sympathy when i used to be a journalist i i had to train myself to feel complete apathy for a situation and the people that were involved i saw horrendous horrible things every day it would have been impossible for me to do my job if i if i felt those people's emotions every day so That work required apathy. They, unfortunately, trained soldiers very distinctly in apathy as well. Some jobs, such as a career in Christianity, requires the opposite. In order to do our jobs properly, we need to have sympathy in ministry. And by that I mean when Christians minister to someone else. This is our religion. This is how we live out our faith. So in Romans twelve verse fifteen, rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Lord, once again we thank you that you that you show us from your word. How to live out our faith, how to apply your teachings and your wisdom and your truth to our lives. We thank you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, here's a, a few things um, that once again we draw strings out of this verse and we can see it more expounded in other parts of Scripture. But we have to consider the reason for sharing our sympathy. In other words, the foundation, the motivation for being sympathetic with one another. And here are two things. Our membership in the body of Christ and our example from, the, from Christ's teachings. What motivates us? You know, as, writing, as I was writing this, I realized, I've never realized this connection, uh, and I feel a bit silly, um, but membership... <laughs> Apply, implies that we are members of a collective. Together we form a whole, like the Bible illustrates, members of one body, arms, legs, and organs, working together um, under our head, which is Christ. So membership, we need not look much further than Ephesians 4 to find proof of this concept, although we could look much further in scripture as it is uh, abundant. But the context for Ephesians 4 is that the church was uniting Greeks and Jews for the first time in history. And you think there's racial and, and ethnic tension now, you should have been there then, okay? It took conscious active effort from both parties to be united in church under Christ. This is what Ephesians 4 says from 1 to 6. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, exhort you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you are called. It says, with all humility, meekness, patience, bearing one another in love. To be eager to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bonds of peace. There is one body and one Spirit even as we are called into one hope of your calling. That idea to bear one another in love, to persist with each other, to be patient with each other. Do you think that everyone from all walks of life from all ways of thinking and personalities would just magically get along without any active effort from the individual I don't think so (laughs) I don't think so at all but I think a key ingredient in the unity of the spirit is sympathy the idea of, of bearing one another to, to put aside my ideas and my pre-constructed thoughts and feelings and to actively try and feel what that other person is feeling. That requires effort. And I believe that the call for unity is so essential and it should motivate our sympathy. This person is too laid back or lazy or this person is too strict and, and, um, and uptight. There will be conflict in the church sooner or later. But we can't just cancel our membership like a gym membership. We need to work at it. Because it is ultimately not about us. It is for the glory of God. Shouldn't that motivate some sympathy? So yeah, I think this is a wonderfully practical step we can take in the significant direction to find unity in the body of Christ. The second one, we see it in the example of Christ and his teachings. So Christ himself displayed Sympathy. During his earthly ministry, for example, when his dear friend Lazarus died and he was asked to come to the tomb. Now, Lazarus had sisters. The the famous story of Martha and Mary, uh, who anointed Jesus' feet, they were his sisters. And it's said that, that Jesus loved this family. I'm sure he loves all of us, but... But he was fond of them and he cared for them. And when Lazarus died, the community came and people mourned this man. His sisters cried. It says in John chapter 10, verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. He said, where have you laid him? And they said, Lord... Uh, Come and see and then it says Jesus wept That our God better than anyone else knows what we feel He knows our struggles. He knows our joys Shouldn't we that walk in his footsteps that look to him for example and submit to his teachings Make a conscious, active effort to feel what other people feel. Shouldn't that be a great motivator for our sympathy? Let's consider the importance now of our shared sympathy. So in other words, the value that we as a church and we as individual Christians uh, find in uh, weeping with one another and rejoicing with one another? How does the church benefit from this religious practice? Here are three broad, broad reasons. It helps us share each other's burdens. It helps us to grow in kindness or compassion towards one another. And it helps us to grow closer towards one another in relationship um, and strengthening our personal relationships. So to divide our burdens with one another. Have you ever encountered something in your life that you couldn't lift, that was too heavy for you to pick up? I'm sure we all have. (laughs) My first reaction is, who's around to give me a hand? Why is it, then, when our emotional and our mental heaviness becomes too hard to lift, we bottle it up and we withdraw, when that is the most crucial time to reach out to others and say, feel with me so that we can can carry it together? Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 26. If one part suffers, talking about the body of Christ, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts rejoice with it. Why is there a spiritual gift of encouragement? When all we sometimes do is pat someone on the back and say, ah, oh, chin up, you know, maybe tomorrow will be better. That's not encouragement. That's not sharing each other's burdens. We can do more, we can feel with them. I believe real encouragement begins with a sympathetic understanding of our burdens. Another value of shared sympathy is to grow in kindness towards one another. Now perhaps perhaps I should have rephrased this um, as a point, but what I mean by kindness is is charity, uh, goodwill towards our fellow human. A powerful side effect of true sympathy is that it spurs us to action. It moves our limbs to actually do something. And it could be physical help. That is why one of my great burdens for this church was the care ministry. And I'm so happy to see that, uh, that growing and that uh, people are getting involved there. I'm grateful for that. But it's not just physical help. It could also be Motivation to share the hope we have in Christ. When we see the lost go about their day with despair on their faces, it breaks my heart. Sympathy for a lost soul can stir us to offer them the hope that we have found in Christ through the Gospel. Because we were also lost. And so the other big burden for this church that was on my heart was our evangelism. Unfortunately, it's not um, where I would like to be. And it would be wonderful if, uh, as a church, we could focus our efforts and do more in evangelism in our community. So the value of sympathy is that it brings us to do something. And thirdly, to draw closer to each other. In practice, um, sympathy inadvertently strengthens the bonds of relationship that that we have. If we share in each other's joy, it doesn't matter how small creates a point of connection I had a great day today this is why it's my birthday celebrate with me you know I was surprised to learn the difference between um, how Americans celebrate birthdays versus how we celebrate birthdays when it's our birthday we bake a cake or we bake cupcakes and we take it to school for the kids or we take it to work and we say it's my birthday, come and celebrate with me. In the African culture, when there's a wedding, when there's a celebration, everyone's invited. Come and celebrate with me. America, the, presents, the, the cake is like a present. Somebody else makes a cake for you, okay? So there's a difference there. It creates, It creates a point of connection. I got into exercising again. I passed that tough exam. I'm getting married. Pastor Stimbiso, last week, he let me know please tell the church that they are invited by default to attend the ceremony. Okay, I don't know. The reception with COVID is a bit different. But he, if, you're, if you're a part of this church, he wants his church family to celebrate with him, to rejoice with him. Amen to that. Maybe we can think through some occasions for us to practice shared sympathy. So where can we find opportunity to sympathize with others? Here are a few examples we can rejoice together for a believer's salvation. <clears throat> I mentioned that sympathy is a, a, a motivator to evangelize, but rejoicing over somebody's salvation is a wonderful thing in and of itself. We can rejoice with a believer because of what they were saved from, a life of self-destruction maybe or, or um, um, grave circumstances that the Lord has, has, in a very real sense, lifted that person out of into a life of obedience. We can be grateful for that and rejoice with them. We can rejoice when somebody on their deathbed gets saved from imminent destruction. That's one more soul in heaven. Or we can rejoice with a young believer who got saved in their teens and they have many years of, of, um, of serving the Lord ahead of them. And they can make an impact for Christ. We can rejoice. That's, those are just a few examples. <clears throat> we can rejoice together with someone for answered prayer. You know, I know this is something that I need to grow in as well to be able to um, to pray for others. I do that every day and, and we we pray for the needs of our family and for our church member. But um, to also remember to praise the Lord for answered prayer and to rejoice with that person as well. But the verse says that we must also learn to weep with others. Maybe not... Literally, but in the sense that we have discussed over loss, if there has been uh, a need to reach out to a family or friend more, I don't think there's more of an occasion than when we experience loss. To not withdraw, but to open yourself up to those that care and would like to weep with you and this church has had its share of loss weep with others over troubling times discouragement and trials it's so broad but i'm sure something comes to mind I get into movies um, quite a lot. I I live myself into a movie and a character. Um, I I, I experience empathy with the movie character. Um, I find myself crying over fictional experiences. When I was 10 years old, my parents were in a devastating car accident. My mother was in hospital for months, she was in a wheelchair for many years, and she still experiences, to this day, physical disability to some point. And everyone around me, I remember understanding the gravity of the situation, understanding the implications, and everyone around me was crying. And I didn't cry. I never cried at any point over my mother's situation. And it bothered me greatly. I felt guilty for not crying, for not expressing sadness. Although I was deeply sad, I was. And the Lord did eventually help me to understand That what I was doing, I was guarding myself from experiencing that emotion. And on some level, I told myself, it's rather better to not feel anything at all than to, I don't want to feel the sadness that's all around me. And I regret that. I think... Not that I was aware of that, but I think it was selfish of me that I could have helped my family carry that burden, and I didn't. So don't make the same mistake as a believer. Find ways to feel, to express sympathy, and to practice it. Not for your own sake only, but for the cause of Christ and the church with which we are all intricately interwoven together as members. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you that you care. You care about how we feel, how we process pain and grief and joy. And that you have given us each other. Lord, thank you that you comfort us. But that I pray that as members of Christ's body, that we may truly apply this and practice it and learn to feel with each other.